This is Untanglement. Leaders can be overwhelmed with ideas, questions, and opportunities in the lonely world of startups and small businesses. I'm your host, Mark Burke, along with my fabulous co-hosts. We help budding CEOs achieve a state of untanglement, a place of clarity of thought. Each episode is recorded with a live audience who joins the conversation from the Mindset Poditorium here in Danville, Pennsylvania. Our collective wisdom is our superpower here in the Susquehanna Valley. So if you can join us in person, come out and help us all achieve untanglement. Welcome, everybody. Here we are, live in the Mindset Poditorium today. Let's hear a round of applause from our studio. There you go. Thank you, everybody. So uh, with me today, uh, this is a great topic today, livability. And I'm going to introduce our co-host today, Patrick. So Patrick, tell us about Patrick. Um, great question. Um, I am a, an outsider to this area. I came in 2017. Uh, my wife is a physician in training at Geisinger. So, uh, yeah, I, I'm a trained systems engineer, and I've been working in manufacturing for a decade, and then the pandemic hit, and then I became a stay-at-home dad. And that kind of uh, that kind of altered the course of really who I wanted to be in life, too. And uh, this area has granted me an opportunity to make that change, which is pretty cool. Uh, so now I am the vice president of a group called Residence Auxiliary, and we help medical families transition into this area. So when you're new to this area, when I'm first Googling that, I'm middle of, Pen- middle of nowhere Pennsylvania was my mindset, and that really stunk. And that really affected my behavior of how I lived my first five years here. And it wasn't until a, a point in 2022 where I really switched that mindset and instead of being completely closed off to everybody and just wanting to work and go back home, I started meeting un- incredible people. It's so cool to hear, Denny, you talking about I remember when and how many people live here that are just so inspiring. And I thought it was in the middle of nowhere, Pennsylvania, but that was my mindset. So it was like insanely hard for me to, to decide to make that switch. But as soon as I did and made that actionable step, then I started meeting all these great people. And I, I didn't start working in that organization until 2022 as well after I had made that mindset shift where that resource was here the entire time. I was just kind of blind to it. So, uh, yeah, my perspective on livability is probably, you know, it's like anyone is going to be a little bit unique to, to what that definition of that may be and how we could, as a community, understand what that is, especially when you consider 125 new families come into this area and leave every year. Like, how do you take that into account where someone may be coming in and you pluck them out of their social network that they're used to into this new area? How do we get them plugged in to all the good things that are going on here and get them involved with the effort and help support it too for the longevity of the community? So that's that's where my head's at right now. That's yeah. good. That's good. Yeah, great, yeah. great intro. We have other members of the Residence Auxiliary here today, I think. Yep. Hello. We have our president, Yvette, and our web designer, Lizette. Nice. Yeah. Uh, awesome. So... Okay, let's let's look high level. Um, untanglement. What are 
kind of thinking about it from that level. What are we going to untangle today from your perspective? What what kind of the goal, the overarching aim of today? What should we untangle together? That's a very good question. Uh, I think really understanding the definition of livability, like untangling what that even is. Is it a new building downtown that's great? Is it a manufacturing company that moved here and now we all have a bunch of jobs? Is it uh, we struck gold somewhere. I don't know. Like uh, it could be anything, or it could be a non-physical thing as well, too. So I think that's what we're here to do. Yeah. And another thing we like to talk about is uh, when we leave today, how are we going to be changed, right? So we're going to untangle that, and then we dive into where we are today. Like we all have certain behaviors and thoughts about livability today, and the question becomes one of where do you imagine? our behaviors being at the end of this? Like if you you created that activity, which we'll dive into here in a little bit, but if we think about collectively, what behaviors do you really want us as a community to change by the time even we're done here in 45 minutes? Is there something that we can leave here today knowing it's like, I'm going to change that in the way that I think about or act or behave around livability? I think there is. I think there are so many resources available when you come here and you may feel like you're suffering through it, that you you first have to realize that there are tons of, re- there's an abundance of resources. You have to acknowledge that they exist and kind of understand how they work. Like seeing some of the things that are happening and the people are talking, uh, in my mind, the imagery that I've been coming back to is this, we're all trying to like raise a tent over this area and we all have our own poles. And I've never heard of some of the organizations that I've heard about today, but we we're in the we're an organization that's also trying to lift up the community. So we have this like shared goal of like lifting everybody up, but sometimes like our tent pole over here, we can't see someone else that's lifting it up over there. So I don't even know you exist, but wow, we're doing like really incredible things. And it's also interesting that we have the access to technology to connect us, but it's still we still have the isolation. There's still like a missing component where we need a mix of like face to face, but also technology can help. So it's all this is the the knot that needs untangling here. <laughs> yes, <laughs> to me, yeah, my perspective. Yeah, that's great. That's great. So, as Patrick and I thought, how do we structure the conversation? We started talking about um, livability frameworks, and um, Patrick put together kind of a six point framework, which we haven't like labeled it that, but it's important for us to think of are we building our own framework? Are we adopting somebody else's framework? Are we building our own framework? So, you know, maybe we'll figure that out today too. And I have a couple examples, you know, of, of frameworks that that I've seen online, if you, you know, Google it. Um, so we're going to work our way down through the framework as you've laid it out, because this is, you know, where your thoughts have been. And the first one is around uh, a framework of individual ownership and vision. And love for you to kind of talk about those. You know, I know, for instance, you mentioned individual ownership and, and the area's future, which is part of the first activity. So I'll let you take it from there. Yeah, that was a, that was a hard thing for me to understand and not acknowledge as well, because I never wanted to take care of myself first in a, a lot of my life. I always, I, it was hard for me to prioritize myself and have that individual accountability. Like, am Am I harmonious with my internal reality and my external? And are the actions that I'm doing every day leading me towards that? Like, I'm a millennial. Instant gratification, I need it, like, right now. So then to not have to, to want to get to a place really far away and have it take time is like, oh, that's already, like, uncomfortable for me to do. Not going to do it. Mm-hmm. Or it would just lead me away or I'd go back to, like, some old habits maybe. 
So uh, one thing I started doing was just walking around um, when I started to try to change out some of those habits. And then eventually I started jogging a little bit. It happened to be a Lizzo song too. Mm. It got me, you know, got me in the mood. I'm starting to jog and this feels great. And then I ended up saying, okay, maybe I can run a marathon. Let's do that. And one of the things with individual accountability is I thought it was going to get easier as it got on too. And like training for a marathon takes, it took me 32 weeks in total to do it. And actually every single week it got a little bit harder, but at the same time, in the reverse way, if I had just been complaining for 32 weeks that I'll never be a runner, I, w- I was kind of expending a similar amount of energy doing that when I could have just been like had a, at least a bit of a planned suffering through the training that it took to get to that point. So that's mm-hmm. where I think when you talk about individual accountability, the paradox of that when you're in a community space is how do I be selfish en- enough so that I, you know, put my own ma- oxygen mask on first to then be able to serve the community? I re- I wouldn't be sitting here if I had not made that personal switch. Uh, for sure, I would not be. So, like, I have terrible social anxiety, and now I'm starting to meet people and and see that we have a very like shared, you know, vision of building mm-hmm. each other up. So mm-hmm. there, I think there's one other thing to unlock and untangle is seeing like where this like invisible network comes into play. Like there's a lot happening and a lot of networking, uh, but it's still like some people don't know that the organizations exist as well too. But yeah. that's a, a little tangent point there at the end. But So I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put him on the spot because Denny's sitting right in front of the microphone. So we're going to turn that microphone on. And so, so your network by collision, right? This idea of, you know, connecting... Uh, this individual vulnerability, this idea of of you know being you say selfish, but in and but the reality is right. So anyway, uh, I'm going to toss it over to Denny. Talk about kind of how you think this fits into this concept of your like network by collision, right? Like finding out things, but by being whole yourself first. Yeah. Well, thanks for putting me on the spot. Uh, I I love the expression networking by collision, and I I remember. You know, it wasn't Startup Dan or Startup Lewisburg years ago when we kind of started using it and realizing that, you know, and, and it, it, I, I'll back up. It's perfect for this conversation on livability because as you're talking, I'm sitting here and it's starting to gel that, you know, we add things all the time, physical things, build this, build that. But it's how we use those things that create experiences. And it's in those experiences that make communities livable. And one of the things that we found is just find a reason to bring people together. Just find a reason to expand your network. And if you're willing and open to meet someone new, whether it be through networking by collision, which sometimes it's clunky and it doesn't have a perfect system, which I know drives Mark crazy, (laughs) but it's where the magic happens. So I I applaud you for having this conversation today. Thank you. Yeah, so... Great. Oh, and uh, on that point too, my one of my favorite activities our group does right now is uh, birthdays for kids. So we pick one day out of the month where we just say, you know, if you're a part of our group, we're just going to celebrate all the kids' birthdays today. It gives it gives a purpose to just come up and meet new people. So we're actually in the first five years I was here, I was only in my like wife's department social circle where everyone I knew was OBGYN. It had to be. But, you know, now now with this group and having a purpose to meet outside of that, we're actually crossing departments. And you, and originally, I would think it's such a small town. Why 
is it so difficult to breach those like siloed environments? And it may be because we just never had the loose structure or a collision structure set up to make those interactions happen. Mm-hmm. So I want to I ask you a question about vision because there's a connection between vision and then also being able to kind of endure that journey toward a vision, right? So you, you kind of hinted at that is, is I want to talk about that a little bit more about how the individual ownership and vision, you, and you mentioned about personal vision, because I think what I'm understanding you say is, you know, we have to have that at the personal first. You've got to have like that personal vision in order for you to then enter into healthy conversations and healthy input into a community's livability. Is that fair? Is that how you were thinking about it? Or and help me understand that. Yeah, I think that's, I think that's, uh, that's hitting on it. I think, uh, a quote that always comes to my mind is that in a hundred years from now, all new people, none of us will be here. So you will have, and you still have to, you know, I'm not running or training or doing the selfish acts for myself. Really, eventually it becomes, it becomes someone else's like inspiration or it becomes someone else's reason to go to a networking event. Like, whoa, you had a lot of social anxiety, but you still showed up there. And I, I've been having that anxiety too, but I never made that decision to go. Maybe I'll try out the next one. And if that's like the only thing, that little ripple effect that it can have, mm-hmm. then I think, uh, yeah, I think that's where I'm going to end that sentence. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Do you want to segue into the 2100 headline? Yeah, let's do it. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So I don't know how to do that. I don't know how to do that. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, yeah, we have the mic out here. And um, I think I, I think I'd be curious just to hear them. Right. Yeah. I mean, I think to, to be authentic to where we are, the 2100 headlines. So uh, let's let's hear a couple. So tell us first off, I introduced introduced Denny. So before you talk, just tell us who you are and then dive into uh, your headline. Um, my name is Lisette Knight. Um, I've lived in this community for just under a year and a half. My husband's a pediatric resident at Geisinger. Um, and the title that I wanted to see in 2100 was Danville, a champion of mental health in a rural community. Yeah. Um, I grew up in, in rural communities my whole life. Um, and so me moving into this area, no problem. I slided in, met my neighbors, brought over food, connected to people in the community, um, and then um, became part of the resource of our, our nonprofit residence auxiliary. But... My husband being a pediatrician, um, going into the high schools and to the um, elementary schools and to the intermediate schools and thinking about, you know, a a number of years from now, you know, those are going to be those future generations coming and growing into this community is, and one of the things that he sees a lot is, you know, a mental health crisis with our youth. Mm -hmm. And so how to connect our next generation into the community, how to get them plugged into the community is what's going to keep communities like Danville, um, rural communities strong and have a solid foundation. And I think of the way I try to interact my children into the community, whether it's just hiking around here, um, getting plugged into the parks, getting connected with the community service that's offered within the community. Um, but I think there could be a lot more. Um, and so I would love that title to mm-hmm. be there in 2100. And 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 we have the opportunity to, to be those people that, to make Danville 
a livable community because when you come here, you you know, it, it, in 2100, if it looks like that, then I, I know it's a safe place. I know I'm going to be instantly connected to people. And I know that it, it reduces that fear of transition, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah. that's where I'm, I'm hoping for. Yeah. And so, Patrick, when you when you have done this exercise in the past, I'm curious to know um, how the conversation uh, untangles from here, right? You know, do you take something uh, like that and and start to think systemically as a as a unit? How do we get there? Um, what's the best way for us to harness this this incredible moment? Yeah, I yeah. think it is. Yeah, you you know, we we each like we would do this and take turns and listen to everyone's unique perspective. Mm-hmm. I think that's really where diversity is today. I think it's it's beyond a lot of what's talked about. It's that every individual has had many different experiences to all get us into this point today. And the probability of that happening is probably pretty crazy. I mean, yeah. to, for us to be here like talking today. Right, right. So to have all those different experiences, and then when you're trying to solve something, like what is livability or how to make this community great, if we're all like sharing our perspectives at it and then building out what we're designing with everybody and we're not saying, I'm designing this for the community, you guys are going to like it, I'm sure of it. You know, yeah. It's going to be like, no, it's with it. We were all there when we started it, where we put the work in. And again, too, like uh, the families that are coming in and maybe leaving, it would be cool in 2100 if they're like, I want to go back. Like, I, I want to go back to that place because they figured it out or they took it with them. And then we'll start to implant some of what they learned here to the next spot. I know I'm, I'm doing that. And I know that the resources exist for that to happen already. It's just sometimes you need that, you need a little nudge or that, that collision to happen mm-hmm. to realize it. Yeah. Yeah. And I think in particular into, into that headline, read the headline one more time because I, want, I just want to track to this. Oh again. yeah, of course. Uh, Danville, a champion of mental health in a rural community. Yeah. So um, it's been interesting as, as a organization that works with other organizations and entrepreneurs um, we have wrestled with uh, mental health and and even to probably a lesser degree in terms of how our mental models really affect our our, our performance and our outreach and our networking and our connection. And uh, a few years ago, I had an opportunity to work at, with the Bucknell students on a survey, and it was around entrepreneurs and how would they seek help if they were struggling with their business. And so I think it's very related to this because overwhelmingly the survey came back, they said no. And so I had this, this idea of sharing with the public. It's like, but is this, is this a cultural thing? Like, are we from this region? We just kind of suffer in silence. And that moment was this like awareness of, of it. Are we a community, a rural community in our case that tends to suffer in silence and therefore there's this impact on things like livability and entrepreneurism and mental health? Is it all related? Uh, and and so I, I, I wonder if as we think about that headline that the solution is very cultural, very behavioral. And if it is, do we start having those conversations around like, how many of us have a tendency to suffer in silence? And that's a change in behavior, right? So I don't know if there's an answer to that. It's just something to add, if that makes sense. It does. Yeah. 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 Great. Um, maybe we have another. We have a head. Oh, there you go. We're passing the mic for everybody who's listening. So great. Hi, everyone. My name is Mary Snyder, and uh, my husband and I have been a member of this community now for me for 54 years. And um, I grew up in Scranton, 
and moved to Danville. And I think kind of like Patrick, um, I told my relatives up there that I was going to be moving after we got married. And they said, where? And I said, Danville, Pennsylvania. Danville, Pennsylvania. And they said, well, my niece said, are you going to be Aunt Mary in the woods? <laughs> <laughs> um, and here I am, Aunt Mary, but I'm not in the woods. And I don't feel like um, that 54 years has been anything but wonderful. Yeah. Um, we have raised a wonderful family, a healthy family. So when you asked me today to write down my headline it, for 2020, uh, 21-23, my, my headline was, Danville continues to be a wonderful place to raise a happy, healthy family. Yeah. And I mean that in every sense of the word. Um, educationally, uh, we, our children, we have two wonderful children. Our children got a wonderful education here. I taught school. My husband taught school before, but we started a business and we had a very successful business for many years. He was <laughs> instrumental to help drive get started. And the fact of the matter is, now we are both working to help the nonprofits in the community to continue. And that's why we're here today, not knowing that this was going to be the topic of the podcast. Ah. So thank you very much for having us here. Thank you, Denny. And thank you, Aiden, who was actually instrumental in getting us here. But I could not be more proud of what's going on here and happy to meet the residents uh, uh, people as well. Yeah, thank you, thank you. So I'm, I'm going to tag on to that because it's it's one of the elements, and I want to make sure we, we make this relationship. Let's talk about collective progress because I think that's, that's an important thing, this idea of collective progress, because I think that's what you were saying, right? It was like we all have a cycle, and if we are successful, and then how do we take that success and put it back into? So I'll just I think let's, let's dive into collective pro progress a bit. Yeah, let, let's say we already figured out what the solution is, and we all we're, we're coordinating to that. Uh, you need to make sure that you know, like for uh, from our perspective, if you have 125 new families coming in, they may be bringing a partner or children. You know, how do we get them plugged in? Or you're, you will always need to do some type of like education or learning, or wh whether it's in the schools. When that's coming through, to be like, hey, this is what you're a part of now. Like, this is it. Like, I don't, I don't know exactly what that looks like, but that's, uh, that it's, it's more coordinated too. Like, without mm -hmm. me knowing that the drive existed, too, I wouldn't be able to give my support once I did figure out the personal accountability. But yeah, knowing that it's always there, now, now my mind is just like, you know, it, it's probably always there. Like when you need it, it's just hard to. I don't know. I guess I was just really stubborn too. But. Yeah. Yeah. And I think you have a note here, which I think is, is emphasizing the importance of unified advancement, right? Unified advancement. I, I think that's, that's, that's an awareness of, I think of the way I think about the, you know, the, the, the brilliance that you put into there was, you know, if we have a community that's unbalanced, right. And we have a ton of advancement in certain areas. And as a community recognizing that there's imbalance in that ad advance, that unified advancement, I think that's a play also. It's kind of like, you know, it's like, well, we're, we're advancing, advancing, advancing here, but we're not here. And as a community, we're not really going to tap into our 
our desire to be unified in our advancement. I think that plays into this this uh, idea. I don't know if that sparked a thought because it looked like it did. It. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or it's just like I think about like the, okay, the human body. If our human body is all just one organism, right? Like we're, we're, there's going to be different parts to it. I need my pinky finger to work a certain way for the my whole body to work a certain way, or you know, it's. Uh, I think like understanding everyone's unique individual contributions that they could give helps us move as one larger organism. It's not like a uh, we have to all be doing the same kind of mm-hmm. thing or we have to be the same individual. It's that collective collectivism that's more of a coordination and not mm-hmm. necessarily like you got to get on board with this vision statement or this mission or this. We can all like just share something, share some common ground and then do our own individual you know, contributions to make that happen. Yeah. I saw the mic being floated. Oh, perfect. Thank you. Hi, I'm Barbara Kessler. I've lived in Danville for 72 years, so I have Mary beat. And <laughs> Competition time. I would like Mary's just a baby. At any rate, I, I want to um, follow along with some things Mary said. Uh, my headline would be Danville, a fantastic place to live, work, be educated, and raise a family in. Um, For me, it's all about family. I taught for 44 years in the district. I've been retired six years and still volunteer with my team at Danville Primary. And I think family is the center of everything, and hopefully anything that's done here will support the family in some way. Uh, I do think we have an abundance of resources here in Danville, but trying to get the word out about those things for especially new people coming in, uh, that's been one of my goals recently, and I started working with the resident auxiliary um, to try to help them out because I know they come and think they're dropped in a hole, you know, and they don't know what's available here. So I, with Patrick and a few others, have started my Barber's Tour of Danville to show them what's here and make them aware of other things like the concerts that are available. But we need to have some kind of organization that's going to let them know all that's available right now. And unless you have me, you've got to go digging and find out, okay, what are the concerts? Where are the concerts? When are the concerts? And so on. So I would hope that somehow we can have one place that people can go to and find out about everything that's available. Mm-hmm. Thank you. I'm I'm going yeah. to... I'm going to open a conversation around that because I think what you just said is very profound. And also, I think it's an opportunity for us to think a little bit about making some distinction making. Because it makes me think about um, organization or organism. And when I say that, it's I think that's because the challenge is, as you know, is like finding that one organization. And I, I wonder if we shift the conversation from organization to organism. And, 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 and the reason and you might be like, well, what is this guy talking about? And because if we think about how information flows across a network and we think about the complexity of like a flock of birds or a school of fish, 
we recognize that information flows successfully across thousands of birds in a flock with no one organization, in this case, no one bird saying, I'm the leader bird. It is a commitment by the organism to be the spreaders, the sharers, the storytellers. There's something in here that we should unpack. I'll, I'll pause because I know you're, like, your brain is probably going a thousand miles an hour. Yeah, no, it is. Yeah. 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 Oh, I just wanted to quickly too, shout out Barbara because she's so awesome. Yeah. And she saw our, our uh, article in the newspaper and then reached out to us saying, how can I help? And she made me a Kessler kid, too. Yes. And I don't have a grandma, and she's my grandma right now. I mean, it's like, just to even, like, have that relationship is just, it just, that's what livability means to me, too. It helps me, it helps my well-being to just, for you to be here. So thank you. Uh, yeah. And, uh, yeah, can you, uh, can you keep talking again and then ask oh, me? Sure. Sorry, I needed to make sure. I, I, An invitation for me to keep talking. Yes. Yeah, I don't get that very often. Yeah, please. Uh, <laughs> The coordination as an organism. Yeah, so it's the a, simple rules. The simple rules. It, it's this idea of in search of one organization to really get this information out or distinct. We work on the behaviors that creates a super organism, yeah, yeah. right? Yeah. So, so like, because there's visitors bureaus, right? So there are many. There, it's almost overwhelming the amount of choice you have to for what to do around here. And I think that's where the tricky part is is you can't just give the menu and say, what do you want to do? There's like, I know I wouldn't go do anything if I didn't have a friend to go with. Like, I'm not going to go try something new unless I have like a friend to do that with. So, um, yeah. Do you want to go do something? Yeah, yeah. sure. I mean, what yeah. do you want to do? <laughs> okay, we'll talk about it later. <laughs> uh, yeah, I think uh, that's just where I'm at too. I think there's there's some other like aspect to it of being uh, like following some kind of rule where you you provide that sense of belonging to go enjoy the things that are already here and mm-hmm. have been here for a very very long time and to mm-hmm. recognize that and, and then take action on it. Yeah, and I'll I'll share. Denny and I have had this conversation around um, business growth, entrepreneurism, is this idea of, of of sharing and how it's like doing a personal inventory. Are you willing to share? Even if you don't think you have all the answers or all of the quality judgments about something, are you willing still to share because others may know about that thing more than you do? And we've, ex- we, we, like we, like who's that? Uh, entrepreneurs, we often struggle with, um, this is going to be controversial, with locals who won't talk about the new businesses in the region because they don't want to mess it up because they don't want to say to somebody about a new business or tell somebody about a new business. And I've literally had people say to me, oh, I don't tell people about your business because I'm afraid of getting your business wrong. And that blows my mind because I'm like, just tell them who, you know, like just tell them from your perspective what we do. I don't care if all of you want to go away and say, I met Mindset today and he's a Mike guy. I don't care, right? And then somebody will say something like, oh, I, a mic guy, what is that? You know, he sells microphones. He works with that company, Rode or something. <laughs> no, don't say that because that's free advertisement for them. <laughs> but I think there's something in here about livability is that it's okay. Like, don't wait for perfection to share an event or an experience or a unit to be part of an organization to be part of. And maybe that helps get rid of a... a Restriction. So maybe the simple rule should just be talk about the new things you see and don't worry about getting it right, right? And learn to get it right over time. Mm-hmm. 
and everyone I've run into with a residence auxiliary, you know, again, small town, but even if I start talking with one of you, you've had a different experience here. And I would probably find again, something that I've haven't found here yet too. It just, it just was so weird to me that uh, a place is, it's not as small as it seems. It's very, very rich. And uh, just because it's geographically small does not mean that it's not rich and just very vast with, uh, and you know, yeah, yeah. I, I don't know where that sentence ends, but can we do another headline? Yeah, let's do another headline. We have. Did you have a headline? I've got one. Oh, perfect. Yep. Hi, uh, I'm Joey Krikorian. I have been in Lewisburg, not Danville, for one year. So it's been really interesting to be here today. When you pitched this, uh, Patrick, at the beginning with the headline, I was like, I have absolutely no idea what I would even say. I've been here a year. So it's very interesting to hear you, Patrick, say you've been here for five years, Mary, uh, Barbara, the full range here that's very inspiring to me because I moved because my partner got a job at Bucknell as a professor, tenure track, so uh, similar, like the built-in friends, we call ourselves the Abandoned Spouse Society in Lewisburg. <laughs> so with hearing... <laughs> uh, next episode. <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> Don't say that. We, it's a special acronym. Um, but with hearing everybody, oh. I was able to write down a headline, which I wrote down, uh, Danville, PA, where you'll meet the best friends. And that is such something that I've struggled with in Lewisburg. Like we have, I have these built-in friends and we always talk more and more about how it's harder to make friends as an adult. And we put all of these like restrictions on ourselves or have social anxieties. And hearing everybody talk about their different experiences and how long they've been in the area, the idea of how livability changes over time for us as individuals. And... That has been something that's you, that I think we've tapped in here today that's really been uh, very inspirational to me being a new member of the area and struggling with a lot of the same, same things here and becoming that, like, you know, organism, p- part of the organism in the community. And uh, really, you had, Patrick, you had said um, that Pamela is like your local grandmother. And that has been like another one of the most important parts of this topic today, I think, for me. You said that that's livability to you and the found family aspect of these communities is what livability is to me. So I'm very happy to have finally written down a headline after hearing these conversations. Um, yeah, to, to use your words, Patrick, I guess that's where the sentence ends. But uh, <laughs> Uh, yeah, just really inspiring hearing everything and allowing me to grow in the short amount of time we've been here already sitting in this room, even. Making my eyes hot. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's like I'm looking at that seat over there. I'm like, oh, you know. <laughs> yeah, beautiful. Thank you. Um, so you sparked a, a thought. One of the uh, framework elements that you have, Patrick, is this. Um, there's a couple of things like appreciation of our uniqueness, but then I, I was, I was looking for, um, uh, and as soon as I find it again, Oh, here it is designing with you, not for you. And when you mentioned about livability changes over time, it, there's a relationship here where I think all of us who are 
like having this aha moment right now where we realize, oh, my definition or my uh, rating of livability in Danville has changed over time and there's been things that have have changed that, then I think that gives us a perspective to look back and think, how did those changes come about? Did somebody create them for me? Or was I changing so that my behaviors went out into the community differently and contributed to the community? And if that is the case, then I think we're starting to answer that question of whose responsibility is livability. Is it some organization A who says, oh, we have lots of money in the, organ- in the community and therefore we're going to be responsible for creating aspects of livability? Or is it the citizenry who creates livability together, again, with each other, not dictated? And you had mentioned a story, I think, from Rochester about, was it Rochester? I'm not sure. What the, what's the I'm, story? I'm not sure either. Oh. Um, so they, about the, the community, the, the business, uh, the downtown. Oh, down, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. The, the downtown. There was some development done like in, in a for you kind of yeah, yeah system. Yeah, there, yeah, there, there is a there's a business improvement district and there's a clash between the citizens that actually live there and then the people that are putting all the money in to, you know, clean it up. And it's not exactly what they want. So again, how is that going to work long term? That's a, that's a good example of a designing for and not with. And, you know, maybe if the community had been a part of the conversations and had that opportunity to say, this is how I think livability is. And, you know, there's going to be many different definitions of what livability means and they're all welcome you know mm-hmm. and i think mm-hmm. that just need to be a part of the conversation when you're trying to you know make the community you're, you're trying to sustain it for what it is like it has been this way for a long time that's why maybe people are afraid to change because you're like hey it's good right now mm-hmm. please don't add this because that's not gonna that's not gonna really contribute positively to what we feel like the community is right now so if that thing goes in there it's probably not going to work like you're going to have mm-hmm. a vacant store you're going to have a you know a business that's only there for a couple of years and you can try to dump a bunch of money into it to make it work. And I think that can happen sometimes, but it doesn't really capture the spirit of what maybe doing that coordination could bring about and make mm-hmm. people pumped about going to check out whatever that new thing is. So I think that's where it starts intertwining with business mm-hmm. as well and the entrepreneurs as, yeah. well, as well. Being like hyper supportive of what they're doing. Yeah. 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 Great. Annie? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> um, yes. Yeah, so my name is Annie Ross, uh, and I similarly have only been, I'm up in Lewisburg, but have been here about three years. Uh, so also the similarly of like trying to find those communities and build those connections. Um, and actually, the headline I wrote was um, everyone growing together, um, which I think ties into a lot of the conversations I've heard. Um, and now they're like, ooh, which thread to follow with this sentence? <laughs> um, but I think one of those of the like building with people, not for people, when we're thinking about um, whether it's building spaces or connection or who do we outreach to, of um, I think a lot about right who is not here and who is whose voices are we not hearing and why, um, and right whether it's something like oh people with social anxiety right is it about them being inspired to go out or is it something about the events we host that is not welcoming right. Um, my work is in, as I mentioned before, like accessibility for people with disabilities. So I think a lot about that in terms of, you know, the range from um, space and physical accessibility to, right, um, atmosphere and digital and marketing. And again, you can think kind of on that broader range of diversity of how do we 
Um, again, who is the we that is this like building with, uh, building for, kind of what does that building look like concretely? And as that's moving, right, what, um, where are these discussions happening and looking around and saying, right, who, who isn't here? Um, and how do you continue to expand that and um, kind of tap into, again, I think that's also where we get some of these like isolated communities doing awesome things, but how do you really start to do that cross-pollination um, as one part of it? And then the other, I think, of things that are coming up of um, how do you kind of encourage and reward and celebrate the community building that I think has been centered to a lot of what we've talked about, livability, um, in terms of, like I was just talking to a friend up in Williamsport who's like, oh my gosh, we need an events maven because there's so much cool stuff going on and it's just like, it needs to be that one person that you know, you can always be like, hey, I'm interested in this and they've got, you know, all the things you can do, but the amount of work and labor that goes into that. Um, and so how do you celebrate and uplift and support people who are doing a lot of that, especially um, kind of unofficial community building or just like doing that networking in a way that makes it grow and sustainable and draws a lot of people in. So a few of the angles that I've been excited to hear kind of starting to come up. Mm -hmm. Wow. I like that a lot. Yeah. yeah. Great. Uh, that's the way to do it. Just toss <laughs> nice. that thing around. Um, so uh, I want to connect into what you said a little bit, Annie, and I always take a moment in a podcast to share a little bit of a kind of alternate perspective on how we can use the topic. And um, of course, today, uh, maybe it's a little bit around entrepreneurism. You, you, you started talking about like, how, how do we determine what gets built? How do you determine the things that a community needs? Well, whether you're entrepreneurial or if you're a nonprofit or um, if you're a, a, a longstanding business, I had an experience that came out of nowhere based on our conversation around livability. I was invited to present to Hughesville High School's entrepreneurship, uh, entrepreneurial class. And he asked me, the teacher asked me, he said, well, could you talk about the value of entrepreneurism in a community? And I thought, oh, right. I mean, you know, it's like, like, how am I going to have that conversation with a bunch of high schoolers who are like, you know, juniors in high school and, saying something like, oh, yeah, the better the businesses are, the better the socioeconomical, you know, I, I, could just, I knew where this conversation was going to, yeah, <laughs> right? And they were going to be like, sit down, I want to talk to you. Um, so I took our conversation around livability framework, and I did something wild and crazy. Um, so I actually went into the classroom, and I asked them a simple question. I gave them post-it notes and I said, tell me why your community is freaking amazing. Why is it great? And they just started writing and they just started filling up. I will tell you that ha like there's post-it notes that were on the floor because it was, there were so many post-it notes that they filled up. And I know you can't really kind of see this up close, um, but what was really interesting about that is I didn't give them any framework to begin with. I just said, tell me why your community is awesome to live here. And there's things on there uh, the, the bigger notes, spirituality. So I, I, I had these already framed up. So I had the framework of opportunities. Um, uh, uh, I can't even read my, here, hold on. This, this is getting old. <laughs> oh yeah. Infrastructure. So like built, built environments, well-being, um, uh, spirituality. And then one on the bottom right-hand corner, and this is where it's really interesting. That's nature. So natural resources. Hughesville. See which one is not filled up? Nature. 
So I happenstance into this. So it was perfect. I said, anybody here have a business? Boy raises his hand. I have a t-shirt business. And I'm thinking, all right, got to think of my feet. Got a t-shirt business. I'm like, great. How can we use the livability framework to understand what the community needs or could have built for them? As an entrepreneur, nonprofit, whatever, we can apply this. I said, hey, uh, how do you market your t-shirt business? He said, well, I was thinking about, you know, I'm not, I'm not, <laughs> not making fun of him. He was like, I was thinking about doing a website. So I was thinking about putting a website, uh, maybe doing some social media. I'm like, okay. I'm like, so look at the livability framework. And I'm like, where do you see opportunity? He's like, oh, I don't know. And I'm like, where, if you go for a hike, what do you wear? It's like, I wear a t-shirt. I'm like, okay, so you own a t-shirt shop. So how about you sponsor a hike on a Saturday? You have 20 t-shirts made up from your company that have your, your information on it. And then talk about how amazing hiking is because it can help you connect me better, uh, better human. It can help, help you be like your well-being. I'm like, oh, there's another thing about well-being. They want, they recognize well-being and spirituality and the ability to be mindful is great. And then when you go on the hike, everybody's got their phone out. They're capturing you, you know, with the information on the back, on the front. They're capturing this moment. And I said, then what if in week two, three, four, five, you get 150 people now show up for your hike? Where are you going to go? And he's like, oh, you know, Montour Preserve, man. I'm like, yeah, you go to Montour Preserve. And all of a sudden, you're showing up every Saturday at Montour Preserve, and you knock on Montour Preserve's door and say, we got this program. Maybe I've got 150 people showing up every Saturday. What could we do with Montour Preserve? Well, we could create educational programs. Maybe they could even think about what they need to build. Maybe there's some infrastructure that would start to make sense for them to build. Anyway, so he was like blown away. He was like, that's like my marketing plan. <laughs> and I'm like, you know, the community tells us what to build. We just have to listen. And I see livability as a framework being something that for nonprofits, uh, uh, businesses, as giving us that guide. And so I thank you for having that conversation with me because I think it, I mean, it's not about me. It's about potentially all 20 of those kids are walking away now with a very different perspective of livability and how it can help them and how they ultimately can help a community, which then helps them, which is the self-sustaining. That was amazing. I love that. Yeah. yeah. I, I went to a talk in uh, Bloomsburg, um, and they brought up community-first capitalism. I'm like, whoa, yeah. community-first capitalism. What does that even mean? I'm like, oh, and you're deciding to do a business with the community in mind first and then still using the system that's in place but making it a win-win as you progress. Mm. So I thought that was really cool. I, I always think about that community-first capitalism yeah. in my mind for things. Yeah, great. But, yeah. Time flies. We are at... The 46 minute mark, which means that um, kind of final thoughts from you, Patrick. This has been this has been amazing. It's been an amazing conversation with our our audience. Amazing day. I'd love to hear you bring us home in terms of where you think we can go from here. What's our call to action? You know, or or something to ins and ins nothing like telling somebody. Could you create something inspiring right now? <laughs> what would you like to to end us with? Uh, I think resources like this are really, really important because we're a variety of experiences all in one room. And when we leave, we're going to all be doing a bunch of different things. Uh, you know, maybe some people work together, maybe not. Um, I think just more, more things like this is really good. So thank you for putting your mind to work and creating the poditorium. And uh, I see it being very valuable for a community to do that designing with part of it or doing a community first capitalism and getting behind the young entrepreneurs who are coming in be like, whoa, 
you know, you're, you're going to take people out to nature and show them these things. Like Barbara showed me the old furnace on the way to Lewisburg. I'm like, I didn't even know that existed. And here I've been complaining for five years, you know? <laughs> so I think, uh, and, and Yvette and I were talking before this too, of like where, where my switch happened. And I did go to therapy for that. And I'm not saying everybody needs to go to therapy because why didn't I go five years ago? Like, why didn't I do that before? So I, I think there's a timing in it. And we were wondering, how do we unlock that for people to understand that the good, the good things exist as well? And I do think it's sharing the experiences. It's been so nice to hear all the different headlines. And there's so many more, too, that we have, we've heard, like, mm-hmm. what, you know, 5% um, of the headlines here? Yeah. So that's really cool. I love doing it that way and getting everybody involved with the same question and then moving forward with the conversation as well. So we could probably sit here mm-hmm. for like eight hours and talk about this too. We could. And yeah. so what I'm going to ask you all to do is take the headlines that you wrote and put them on the desk up here before you go and we'll collect those and be able to report out on those. So thank you to Patrick. How about a round of applause for Patrick? All right. Thank you so much. We'll end here. Untanglement is produced by Mindset. We help our clients design, develop, and deliver high-impact learning experiences. You can learn more about our full range of event, learning, and production services by visiting Mindset at mynddset.com. Until next time, I hope you can achieve a little untanglement in your life. Cheers! Cheers!